Welcome to the Battles in Autumn. The Battles in Autumn is a new spiritual exercise produced by Exodus 90 that will show you how to lead others in the faith. What we do is we open up the book of 1 Maccabees, which narrates the story of the Jewish uprising. God is calling each one of us to lead other men to Him and awaken the battle raging within and around us. Our reflection will unpack how we can lead other men and be active in battle and support one another in this fight. But the most iconic spiritual exercise from Exodus, which is Exodus 90, is a 90-day journey through the book of Exodus. We will start Exodus 90 on January 1st, 2024. That's January 1st, 2024. So go to exodus90.com to find out more. That's exodus90.com to find out more information and to participate in the spiritual exercise of Exodus 90. Welcome to the Catholic Man Show. We're on the Lord's team, the winning side. So raise your glass. Adam Minahan here, sitting with David Niles in beautiful Estes Park, Colorado. And we have a, a good friend and, uh, with us today, Jamie Baxter, founder of Exodus 90. Jamie, it's great to have you here, man. Thanks. Adam, yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, yeah thanks David. for... Yeah. Thanks for like, and this is like we're coming off of this huge high, like of, of of being at the summit and everything going so well, and here like listening to all these talks and adoration and all the activities going on. Like, what are your thoughts? Like, what are your raw thoughts? Because this is the last day. Yeah, yeah. So maybe a little bit of preface here. This is a morning show. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. These, these are the first uh, human interactions I'm having today. Um, I told you guys last night that, contrary to what you might think. I, I love to sleep. Like I try to sleep like nine hours a night. That didn't happen last night. So anything that comes out a little sideways, you'll have to forgive me for. But, oh, people who listen to the Catholic Man Show are, are very... They're used to they're sideways. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we're, uh, we're not drinking whiskey. We're drinking coffee. That's right. Just That's to right. stay alive. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, someone came up to me last night uh, pretty late. It was just like, wow, you must be on cloud nine. And I was like, you know, that... Yeah, that's about right. Yeah. You know, so um, the last couple of nights, I've just not really been able to sleep. I've just been re-experiencing the day, yeah. the speakers, all the interactions with our, our men from all over the place. We have, you know, almost 200 guys from seven countries and um, just hearing about, you know, what God has done for them and is doing in their lives and the calls that he's placing on their hearts now you know, as we go forward, it's just so deeply humbling to hear. Um, so yeah, I, I'll be unpacking this for a long time, you know, for sure. And I'm, I'm a pretty private person, pretty interior person. Uh, I'm not an events guy, which is why we never had an event until we had guys that loved events. (laughs) (laughs) Um, not in this capacity anyway. So, well, you you know, I think you just, everything has just been awesome. Like from the logistics of, organizing yeah. everything um some of the best speakers i've ever heard yeah here at this summit and it's so intentional like what i love like everything is has been very intentional even to the point of like today the last thing that we're going to do is right. go to adoration yeah. Yeah. Like, the last thing we're going to hear is from from our lord yeah that's right give the last word to the lord for yeah. sure yeah yeah and i just give every credit to to the team you know um 
we talked about Deacon Michael Halbrook, who's been following you guys for years. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, he's coming came to us he started within the last year with tons of experience um both with the boy scouts nationally and then you know with adobe and um just watching his craft unfold here has Mm -hmm. been just a marvel watching jacob he's our really creative genius behind everything that we do um and just experiencing the brand and everything all the time and all these like small things uh to the soap we have (laughs) yeah yeah that Uh, was yeah, that was pretty funny. You know, yeah. to, 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 to the lanyards, you know, or whatever it might be, uh, to how the chapel's set up, you know, it's it's just so beautiful to watch, um, you know, the gifts of our guys unfold here. So yeah. I was telling this to Deacon Halbrook yesterday, just I love the balance that you guys have, uh, that you've struck between having the talks and then adoration. You know, it's not just a men's conference where, oh, here's a, here's a high quality speaker. Here's a, another great speaker. Here's another great speaker. All right. Thanks for coming. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. just, it's just so, and it's just, it, it hits. It's just what I want. Yeah. I mean, one of the, you know, when we tried to do some smaller kind of pop-up events in the past, um, we made what I would say is a mistake in that it was just talking and the overwhelming feedback from the guys is like, yeah, I, I appreciate what you have to say, but I, I really want to be with these men who are my brothers in mm-hmm. Christ who have this very interesting shared experience in a prayerful setting, fraternal life, which is so uncommon today. Yeah. Uh, I want to be with them. I want to hear them, you know? So we uh, were very intentional about just making sure there was ample time for silence, um, but also just for adventure, you know, with guys you don't know, but guys yeah. you really do know in the Lord. You That's know? right. Yeah. Because so. that foundation is there. It's like you, uh, you meet with a guy for the very first time and in an hour, you're like, you're like one of my buds. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yes, you know, it's, yeah. it's very easy to, to, to make friends, you know, uh, yeah. and whereas, uh, other conference often other conferences, uh, or men's events have breakout sessions here. We have rock climbing or fishing or leather working, you know, or a 5k race, you know, just up in the mountains, here is- in the mountains of Estes park. Um, which is just like, exhausting man. sound. Yeah. <laughs> like the elevation is really getting me. I can't even walk up like up the stairs. Yeah, I <sighs> so the idea of running a five k was At eight thousand feet. It was just out of the question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that's a, that was. I, I would have run that back home, but I was just yeah. like, yeah, no chance at eight thousand feet. Yeah. yeah. So, so uh, JB, there's a lot of like myths. There's a lot of like. Like, you know, as X ninety has grown, there's a lot of like, like legends, legends of like how it started, like, you know, and like who actually started it and how it was started and what was the purpose. Can you dispel some of the myths and like, like bring us to like, how, like, how do we start X is 90? What, what was the intention? Who, yeah. And if you do, we'll still let the other myths exist. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. We won't, we won't quell them. We just yeah. want to know which one's more true. Yeah. So, um, so to be honest, I don't know all the myths. Uh, one one thing about me, really over the last, like once Exodus really started to take off, I thought it was really important for me to kind of disconnect from the chatter. Um, so I'm, I, I don't have social media. Um, I don't spend a lot of time on the internet in general. Um, I don't know a lot, actually. So I don't even want to say his That's name. That's good. But there was a speaker here who I should have known who he was. Everyone knew except for me. And I called him the wrong name. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm just like, wow, man, uh, sorry. I'm so sorry, you know, but I, I, I yeah. So, and, and that's really intentional. And that, that's really, um, where, I, what the Lord has asked of me kind of, uh, as we kind of move forward with the work, uh, we look at it as a, 
as a work that he's begun, you know, and we just need to kind of stay faithful to it and to the men that we serve. So, um, but I'd say, yeah. So, uh, the story, you know, it's really not unlike the story of every guy that comes to Exodus, which is like ups, downs, all arounds, you know, pharaohs, golden calves, manna, um, Aaron showing up to help you out. Um, you know, all of the things in the book of Exodus, I'm like, sometimes I'm like, gosh, we are in the story. Like we are in the story. Um, you know, and I think, I hope that that's very, um, empowering to, you know, anyone listening to this, that's, um, called to do something, called to, to start something that the Lord's beginning in them is, um, you know, with his grace and, just listening to him and trusting him and asking everything from him. It's all possible, you know? Um, and you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to have it all figured out. You don't need to know everything. Um, you just need to stay with him and uh, wonders can work. So uh, for me, you know, part of the story that I really have not talked a lot about is um, my father in my life. Um, and, my dad had a conversion when I was five years old. He came back to the church um, through the Curcio movement, um, in which is part of the charismatic renewal. And um, my brother, who works with us at Exodus Doyle, who's a champion in himself, uh, doesn't remember this. He was too young. But I do remember kind of life before Jesus Christ and life after. And it was very different. Um, and it wasn't just like the pictures of him. Um, you know, it was in our interactions. You know, it really changed my dad. Um, and so growing up, every morning I would wake up and come downstairs. Uh, I would eat ice cream in the mornings most days. Uh, I don't know why I didn't do that. <laughs> and uh, really grateful my parents let me do that. I, I don't look back at that and regret it. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't know why you would. <laughs> yeah. But I'd see my dad in this chair, just deep, deep in meditation on on the readings for the day. Uh, and not just like reading them, but just like really coming to encounter. Um, yeah. And being transformed by uh, the mysteries of our faith. Um, and so for me growing up, it was just seared into me that um, that's a fundamental aspect of being a man and leading a family and having sons, um, you know, and, and being married, you know, as the day begins with the Lord and, um, you're incapable of becoming who you are, you know, without him. So this was just seared into me. And I think because of that foundation, I found myself through, um, getting more involved with the parish and, um, and then, uh, you know, being around priests and other guys, like I was always in fraternity experiences, you know, having accountability, having, you know, ascetic challenges in some sense, um, but living like a prayer life, you know, as well. But that was all because my dad, like just laid this foundation in me. And to be honest with you, I, I really forgot this for years in my own like understanding of the work of God in my life. Like I kind of thought it all began um, in high school because that's where I really, you know, um, yeah, developed a very deep relationship with the Lord. And I didn't, I just forgot that like, it was because my dad modeling that for me, you know, for so long. So, uh, anyway, I just mentioned that because that's why I've been so, you know, always so drawn to men's work and, 
men's ministry, I always know that, or I always knew that, um, or, you know, it was just experiencing his influence in my life directed me so tangibly. So, um, I'd go on to, um, seminary, which I, I, this sounds weird, but was just like the normal thing to do where I was from and with nice. the friends that I had. Yeah. Um, and there are good part, parts to that and there are not great parts to that. You know, uh, it was kind of like the expectation, you know, in some sense. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, obviously not, not right for a, you know, an uncommon call to priesthood, right. you know, in some sense. So there's good parts of that being in the culture, but you know, there were also, I think some downsides to that. Um, but nevertheless, I went and it was a, a deeply important time for me, you know, so from the time I'm 18 to 24, I'm in formation. I always have brothers. Every day begins with the Lord every, in the mass adoration, um, had just such powerful, encounters with the intellectual tradition of the Catholic church, which is just unmatched in its treasure. Like we've been talking about all week. Um, you talked about Dr. Stout spitting fire. I'm like sitting there like, wow, I, I can't even pick up all this stuff you're saying. Yeah. He's uh, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and that was super important for me. And so when I discerned that God was not calling me to priesthood, you know, it took me longer than it probably should have to leave. Hmm. Um, but some people ask like, gosh, you're just two years from being a priest. Like, why don't you figure that out sooner? And it's a really good question, actually. <laughs> um, and some of it was just like, this was all I knew. Uh-huh. Like, these were my friends. You know, priests were the most, you know, the priests in my life were the most kind of important people in some sense. Um, so anyway, I say all this because when I discerned that, that, that I was called out, it was like a really really challenging time and and the truth is like the guys that really go into formation eyes wide open with full hearts when you realize this is not where you are called it is not the easiest to leave it can be very devastating actually and like how people understand you in the community is like so weird because it's like you're the same person but you're not going to be a priest Mm -hmm. who are you now like what are you about you know, I think this is a part of our church that's really untapped, not figured out, needs a lot of improvement, um, you know, for those guys that, that do discern out. And it's not just priesthood, but, but religious life as well. So, And what are you going to do? Yeah, you know, what are you going to do? I you mean, get and, home, now what do I do? And this is true for me. I mean, like, I'm okay, I study philosophy, I'm a theologian, you know, in some sense. I have no idea. I never paid a bill by the time I was 24 years old. Like, I don't <laughs> right. know how anything works. In fact, like, I had this experience where... I would just meet regular people who were like 50 or 60 and just be so moved by like, how did you make it this far? Like life is hard. Right. And I was just so in awe of just regular people. Cause I was just experiencing like, I didn't know. I mean, I really didn't know what like insurance was. Like I didn't know how money worked really. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't cause I didn't need it, you know? So anyway, I say all of this, but the other thing I, because I experienced was a profound void in fraternity. It's just like, okay, I can have friends at the parish, but they don't know me. So this is after you get this back. This is after. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, like, okay. I, they don't know me. I'm not telling them what I'm going through. Like, I'm not sharing my heart. I'm not hearing from them. Um, sure, we're receiving the sacraments, but like, I'm not known in a deep community. Um, and so this for me becomes like so deeply important because it was like, wow, every man needs formation. Every man has a unique and particular calling that's unreplicable. Um, 
you know, is there a way in which I can serve in this void? I was connected with fraternities uh, out in Maryland where really the, I guess I would say the genesis of Exodus or the seeds of Exodus were kind of being born. What kind, uh, what kind of fraternities are these? Just seminarians um, okay. underground in some sense. It was not formal programming. Um, you know, uh, you know, a priest and a number of seminarians that I was very, very close to. And so when I discerned out, it was kind of like, I mean, they were devastated. You know, some of those guys I've, I've lost touch with, you know, which is a deep, you know, I'd say ongoing burden in some sense. Um, but they were like, hey, why don't you figure out how to, how to maybe share this around or kind of bring these things together, you know, for others. And uh, from their perspective, it was very much like, okay, let's just keep him close and he'll come back. He'll be a priest. <laughs> uh, and I kind of thought the same thing, to be honest with you. But um, just as it started to to move, or actually, I would say even before it started to move, the Lord was just so generous and gentle and kind with me. Like, hey, this is really important. Like, these things that you're experiencing are very important. Like, you're not alone in this. And um, I'm going to do uncommon things for you, you know, to make this work. So I'm literally starting from nothing. Zero dollars. I don't know how to make anything work. And, uh, I, you know... I'll shut up so you guys can ask some questions. No, no, no. Like, no, that's no. where it began, you know, when I was 24 years old. So how did you go from coming home from seminary to the conviction that I need to start this program for men? Yeah, in some sense, it was just that it had been fruitful for others that I loved, you know, um, the elements of it. Now, okay. all I got were like, hey, we're going to pray. We're going to practice some asceticism, fraternity. Like, I mean, I literally got like, two pages on a Word document. Like, this is what kind of happened, but here's some things we have to say about this kind of experience. Um, so in some sense, you know, it was, um, the initiative was in like the, 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 the offer. It was just like, okay, there's something here. How do we, you know, bring all these things together? You know, so, um, but I think just very deeply, everything for me, and um, I try to emphasize this everywhere that I can, like, this is not like a personal passion project of mine you know like this is this is something that i think for many years i would have wished would have died you know yeah. to just go do something normal you know so for the first three years there's nothing to show for exodus you know it's it's a hard time you know fortunately i was coming out of the seminary so i had no expectations or you know whatever but i'm just kind of bumming around and like deeply wondering like gosh do i even have a job like is this just <laughs> or like in my darkest moments it's like, man, are some of my friends right? Like, is this just a misplaced vocation, actually? Hmm. Um, which was, a, you know, a doubt of mine for a time, uh, which by grace no longer plagues me at all, which is very, very wonderful. But um, at the same time, I was also, I, I met, um, I reconnected with, you know, the wonderful, beautiful woman that's now my wife, Colleen. And I was very nervous to meet her family because... Uh, I just when someone asks you what you do, it's just like I don't even know what I'm doing. You know, it's like I'm like I'm trying to free men, and they're just like, "What does that mean?" Yeah, Can I know? describe so, it to you, and then you tell me yeah, like, what it is I do? What am I doing? You know. But fortunately, in in God's faithfulness to me, and just kindness to me, um, the Murphys are just like the most beautiful, optimistic, generous, warm, like on your side people you can meet. And there is a ton of entrepreneurs in their family. And at the time, her parents were starting a business. 
really put their whole retirement in a business at 55. Wow. Looking stupid, you know, basically, you know, I don't know if they would say that, but you know, it's pretty risky, you know, in some sense. Yeah. And so it was (laughs) like, it was like, actually, I was like, wow, I feel so loved here. It's like, let's risk together, you know, in our different ways. Now they were building a headphone company. So we were doing something a little different, but uh, just a very important part of my story. So what what year was this? Uh, 20, 2015. uh, So I discerned out of the seminary on St. Michael's day, uh, September 29th. I left, I packed my bags and went home. Um, just started working full time on it. So 2015, 2016, kind of the early days of Exodus. There's other just really beautiful parts of this. Like my brother Doyle, uh, was studying in France at the time. So, you know, I just went over there to be with him and just bum trains around. And that's where we launched the GoFundMe for Exodus. We raised a little over 8,000 bucks while we are traveling on trains throughout Europe. Um, again, part of me is just like, man, why is this working? You know, <laughs> that's, but, pretty, that's pretty yeah, wild. It's wild. Yeah. It's just totally wild. So, um, yeah, just deeply fond memories of Doyle right there. So, yeah. So at what point did you realize, okay, this is, I'm on to something like, this is actually going to go like, this is actually going to work. Cause you know, you raise $8,000. You're like, okay, good. You know, how is this working? But it seems like it's working. There has to be a, a moment or, or like a, a time frame at least where you're like, you realize, Holy oh, crap. Oh, oh man, this is yeah. actually this is actually going to work. Yeah, I mean, so there's two answers to that. I, I think the first was the following year. So we had a couple hundred guys come through Exodus in the first year. I didn't think a lot of that. Were they local? Like Nope, all around. Okay. okay. Um, all around. So um, I guess another kind of interesting part that was somewhat important, I was connected with like Jason Craig and we had done a lot of kind of men's publishing uh he ended up taking over the website just because we couldn't manage it anymore. Thosecatholicmen.com, yeah. if you remember that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, like, I'd been working on that for years, you know, and then uh, got connected with Jason and so many. Dr. Stout, even, you know, is, yeah, gosh, 10 years ago, which is crazy. Um, but anyway, so we kind of launched Exodus through that. Um, but it was the following year, 2017, where we added, like, you know, like 12. 1300 guys within a couple of days um leading up to 90 days to easter so it was in january fun fact um the the 90 days to easter idea was not our idea um i remember seeing the growth and i thought it was a joke i i, I it was it was a friday so i was like well whatever i'll look into this next week I literally thought it was a joke. I thought someone had hacked it or just signed up a bunch of times or something. Didn't even look at it. Didn't even look. So I'm like, get, get start working the next week. I'm like, all right, I should probably start talking to people. Like, what the heck just happened to us? Uh-huh. And they're like, this was just so helpful to me last year. I, I had to bring my friends. Uh, and so in that moment, you know, I mean, truth be told, that's, yeah, we do, you know, marketing things and growth things and, that's a, it's really hard to do that well. And to, I mean, no brand really knows what they're doing right now, to be blunt. Attribution is so so ta- so challenging. Like, how do, you, how do you spend your dollars efficiently? It's so hard to do right now. And uh, the truth of Exodus is it's actually just these guys inviting their friends. Like, that's all it is. It's just organic. This helped me. I think there's something for you in this, in your own way. Um, let me tell you about it. Let me invite you. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's all it's been. But the other part, my other answer to that is all weekend I've been feeling that way. Like, I can't believe this is working. <laughs> like, I, 
I mean, like, holy crap. Like, I can't believe these guys are here. I can't believe somebody flew from India to be here. Like, yeah, I, Australia. Just, Australia. I'm just like, what is that? I Like, I, I wonder about it all the time. And all you have to do is ask them. You know, it's yeah. typically just, and you guys have shared this with me too. It's just, you know, you encounter the Lord in a new way, typically because, um, you know, in some sense, the ascetic kind of, uh, practices, which of course are not the end of Exodus or even the point, are are a wonderful means to just dispose you to deeper yep. conversations with our Lord, and He speaks, and that's, un- I mean, unbelievably transformative. That's why these guys are here. Yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah. Anyway, for, for me, the ascetic disciplines they they bring, <clears throat> excuse me, they bring quiet into yeah. my life. My appetites are so loud. Yeah. You know, uh, when you know. Oh, I want this. Um, I need that. You know, feed me this. More of that. You know, it just you just can't think when you go to try to be quiet. They're not. It's like you've been feeding them all day. You think they're just going to like be quiet now? It's like it's not the way it works. Yeah, yeah. No, it's so true. And obviously, you know, most of us would say, you know, oh, we're really busy, and I don't have time for these things. And it's just like so not true. I mean, it's just one of the great lies of our time. You know that. Um, our distractions, you know, and, and at the core of that, our appetites just, oh man, I'm so busy. And it's like, yeah, not like when you put the first things first. Right. You like know? you're actually so busy not to do it. Like you yeah. can't not do it. Yeah. Without, even if you're yeah. so busy. I mean, this is what guys say all the time. It's like, I had no idea how much time I have for my wife now. Mm. You know, yeah. My kids, one-on-one time, you know, um, these things which before seemed impossible uh, because they were sacrificed for, you know, distraction, you know, frankly. So let's let's talk about your role today, like yeah. because when you it, it's grown, Exodus ninety has grown so much. Uh, you know, there's a lot of men uh, every year. It's like it seems like it's just growing. This snowball is just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. You're doubling, tripling, doubling, tripling. As a founder, you've taken a, a unique role um, in, in a business that I don't think most would take. Uh, yeah. So can you like just. What is your role and like, what is your mind frame of like what your role is in Exodus 90? Yeah, Uh, that's a wonderful question. Um, You know, I think, so one thing I would just say briefly, you know, with our work is everyone knows us for the 90, you know, Exodus 90. Mm -hmm. We call it the 90 internally. Um, But to be honest with you, almost half of our growth now is non-90 spiritual exercises that we're doing. And that's been a very, you know, important effort of ours over the last really five years. So typically people will hear about us around January time. Right. Yeah, that's when they'll get invited. But, um, you know, really, I'm, I'm so proud of our team for really figuring out, obviously, you know, you know, the work that we are doing are kind of, we believe that God created us so that we could be uncommonly free and to invite men and to the uncommon freedom of the baptized you know it's for freedom that christ sets us free obviously you know it's not freedom to do what we want whenever we want it's not license you know but actually to be in a place to love to sacrifice to lay down your life uh to serve your spouse most of our guys are married so that's what we think about all the time to serve to give you know our wives the man they deserve you know Mm -hmm. to give our children the father that they crave um, freedom is always oriented to love, you know, certainly in how we're 
how we're working. And so, uh, but what's so wonderful is that the team has really fleshed out kind of life beyond the 90, you know, so that guys can, um, you know, through the seasons, you know, through the Easter season, uh, a time of great celebration. We're known as these ascetics, but it's like, gosh, you should be wound around with us with Easter. We're throwing huge parties. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> and you're welcome to join us. Yeah. Uh, you know, but then also just kind of finding these nuggets in the tradition. So like St. Michael's Lent for us uh, has just blossomed in so many beautiful ways. I could do a whole different story about why we're doing that. But um, I do just want to kind of preface that with the guys that are here, you know, they're not just Exodus 90 guys. You know, some mm-hmm. of the guys here have never been through the 90, but they've come into contact with Exodus you know, through these yeah. other seasons. So, uh, and I think over time, even as the 90 grows, we'll see uh, ongoing um yeah <laughs> you know i'm working it out <laughs> it's morning it's still the morning yeah. time yeah just ongoing ongoing moments to, to welcome men into a life of you know fraternity so um but uh to kind of get back to the role question you know i think a lot I, honestly probably within the last couple of years as it started to to kind of move you know the the most important thing I can see for, for me personally, but also for our team is to just say, stay so close to what this is about and why we were created. Um, you know, yeah, we're adding um, tens of thousands of men a year. There's amazing good that's unlocked and stories. I mean, vocations, everything. It's just crazy. But, I mean, we're like everybody else. I mean, that we are as tempted as anyone. So it's like, yeah, we can have 25,000 guys come through Exodus, but why wasn't it 30,000 guys? And that sounds so stupid for me to articulate out loud, but I'm just being honest. It can be like, what do we do wrong? What do we mess up? What, what, what could be better? Um, there's temptations there, you know? And then it's just, you know, the devil comes for you and the most, and, and the attacks are just so different. Like every year it changes. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes they can be exterior. A lot of the times they're inside, you know. And uh, that's why what, what I talk about with our team is just like, hey, what's so incredible about Exodus and the place that we are building is your faith and your work are going to be deeply integrated, you know. Um, you're hired here for a task that no one else can do. You have to to perform. Like you have to to be who we need you to be so that we can serve the men that we're called to. The grace is that your faith will be a part of every moment moment of your day. And um you're gonna experience an integration that you've never known if this is what you're called to be and called to do. Obviously not all men are. Um which is why, like you talked to Deacon Halbrook, I mean, if you would ask him about his work, not that there aren't struggles, but I think he would like exhale. He just like feels himself. Um, and that's so true for all of our other guys. And so for me in particular, you know, as a founder and as the leader, I, I have a couple of different domains, I guess. Uh, but first and foremost, it's the contemplative life. You know, it's like, how could we possibly do a spiritual work without me staying in front of the Lord. And I'm not perfect at this. There are times I fall back totally. Um, you know, but I, in turn, you know, interiorly, God is asking for more and more of my day. I have less and less to do in some sense. So a lot of times I meet founders and they're living like terrible lives, you know, very frenetic, often stuck in addiction, working way too much, doing way too many things. 
terrible leaders because they're not centered in themselves. Um, and for me, it's just like, gosh, if that's who, who I am at the core, like that will ripple into everything, into even the man's experience. So that does mean that um, I think probably like business people would look in on me and be like, you're doing this wrong, or this could be bigger if you would work harder or something. Um, but for me, it's just like, and you see even throughout the tradition, just founders die, you know, just getting lost, you know, in the success, getting so lost i mean and there's some dark dark stories of that even in some deeply fruitful movements in our church not unrecently and i think for me the reason it's easy is i'm not confused by grace about why exodus has worked it's like yeah i've you know yeah i risked a lot yeah like yeah i've worked hard um but when you come and tell me what christ has done for you I'm not even remotely confused as to like thinking that that's my, I, I get a credit for that. That's not, that is God's work and that's your work, you know? So anyway, I say all this and I am quite somber in this kind of mode because, uh, you know, I just try to look to the founders who stayed the course, you know, sure. and not to, not to equate myself with them at all. Um, I'm no mystic, but it's like, yeah, I think about St. Francis a lot. I think about St. Saint, Saint Ignatius a lot. Um, those are it's the thing about Maximilian Colby a ton. You know, like those are the guys I think about. Um, those are the guys that I want to be like. And for leaving growth on the table, or if we're not becoming everything we could be because I'm not working enough or something, I I don't care. You know, it's not what God wants for us. So, um, I'm just deeply, uh, deeply in awe by what He's doing, and just trying to stay close to Him and let Him keep doing it. <laughs> yeah, there's in many ways success can be a prideful notion to yeah. chase right it's like oh you, you want to be successful obviously yeah but measuring success is often a very tricky tricky thing to do especially when you're talking about ministering to men in, in yeah. a ministry especially so yeah. uh jamie we just have a, a few minutes left okay yeah what advice what advice would you give to other other people who are you know trying to lead a ministry um get something started you know from what you've done well what you've done wrong what it just general advice yeah. would you give? So th- I didn't mention this yet, but therapy is a deeply important part of my journey. Uh, I have an amazing saintly therapist uh, that's helped me navigate so much of the complexity of the last eight years. Sorting out the natural from the supernatural is so important. A lot of the times we conflate the two realms, but God respects them deeply. He created this, you know, and respects what he created. Right. So I think oftentimes, and this isn't just true for founders, but it's like, you can't just pray your way out of traumas. Mm. Just so rarely yeah. works, you know? So you got to work through your stuff to make sure that you're a centered, integrated, in-yourself person, um, or else your burdens are going to come out in the work that you do. So my number one thing is get get help, especially as it grows, because no one is un, unburdened. Um, but it, from there, it's just like you've got to stay so close to to the Lord and to your charisms, you know, or else you'll just get chewed up. Um, and I think the truth is that it, it's not, it doesn't need to be this somber thing. I'm sorry to feel, I do feel somewhat like intense about this, but he's so faithful. He's so kind. He's so generous. He's so gentle. You know, but we have to be with him, you know, and waste a lot of time with him, you know, and uh, let him work through the works that we're doing. 
So maybe you might recommend prayer, asceticism, <laughs> yeah. and fraternity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, if you're called to Exodus, yeah. If not, that's okay. There's wonderful charisms in our church, you know. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Praise God. Well, Jamie, thank you so much. Um, I, I don't, we don't get into it now, but um, Exodus has played a big role in my life. Just like, I'm sure, just about everybody listening to us. Yeah. Um, so uh, God bless you for what you're doing. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Adam, David. Thanks so much for being here at the summit. It means the world to have you guys here. The the conversations we've had and the live show, it's just all been been a joy. So thank you very much. Yeah, we're happy to be a part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Cheers.